And welcome to another episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. Uh, I would like to welcome my guest. Uh, he's a gun enthusiast. Uh, he is the founder of uh, Black Belt Ammunition. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good welcome to Irvin Hill. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? How you doing, Deal? Thank you for uh, having me here. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for uh, uh, joining me. Uh, it's such an honor and a pleasure having you on. I've been following you on social media, checking out your content, checking out what you offer. Um, so let's you know let's jump right into it. What what inspired you to like uh, open your own ammunition shop? Get into this this lifestyle because it is a lifestyle. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I have been making ammunition for over fifty years now. I started a long wow. time ago. Wow. So I, and and you know do it for myself or my family members. Um, and I have dabbled with the idea from time to time of going professional here and there and i always managed to get talked out of it so uh, about several years ago i finally was trying actually i have a nice little story about this i was i came up and i had i feel like i'm dr frankenstein when i'm down in the lab and look what i created <laughs> this really worked really cool you know and then i go test it of course uh, a lot of the procedures are testing uh it's very empiric and, and scientific and, and i remember coming up at the end of the day going oh you know here's something that is not on the market. And my, my stepdaughter who lived with us looked at me and said, why aren't you selling it? And I finally just went, you know, why aren't I? So that was, that started it. And we decided to push through and learn what I'd have to do to become yeah. a business. Yes. Correct. So we get insurances, licensing, uh, zoning issues, et cetera, et cetera. And then start setting up the business. Got it. Got it. I, I can imagine that alone is a, is a one tedious job, you know, putting everything in order. So you finally started your business. What what happened next? Uh, we uh, started doing some sales, some small sales. And as COVID kept going along, mm. as we all know, from toilet paper to I don't know, whatever, there, there was yeah. product issues. And, and it was the same with a lot of businesses. So we ran into that. Um, th there was hard getting the different components just weren't available. Yeah. And uh, lately, say within the last six or eight months, things have started to loosen up. And we also decided to go from being wholesale and just uh, selling to to businesses that we would just open up online and, and start a social presence like you did and sell directly to the consumer. Got it. Got it. That's wonderful. I, I can imagine, you know, the, the numbers went up. The uh, your distribution, everything went well. Um, so, like, do you do you manufacture like is it your own recipe that you created, or is like you know the the common uh, uh, ingredients that you need to create the ammunition? I would like to think that I'm more of a, a great cook. So yes, mm. I'm using my recipes. Um, very good that you call it a recipe. We use something that may not be found standard. I don't want to be like everybody else. Yeah. So I want to be able to offer a customer something different, uh, say something that hits a little harder. I throw it's called black belt ammunition. Yes. Maybe something that kicks yeah. up less, um, something that's just a little bit different. And it's something that I've used myself over the years for either hunting or, or other purposes. So I feel very comfortable trying to share with other people are products here. Wonderful. That's amazing. So like at, at what age did you, did you start finding yourself falling in love with, with, you know, guns because it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a very um, careful, responsible, right? Because that's something you know, as a gun owner, we have to be responsible. Um, what, what, what is like, what, what moment made you fall in love with them? Well, that would be hard. I will have to send you a picture. I don't mm. have it now. My computer has crashed. Um, we have a picture of me in Lederhosen. Got it. Uh, probably about three with a little cap gun in my hand. Wow. I, I was probably influenced by my grandfather, who was a hunter. My father, my, my parents were not, not at all interested in firearms in any way, shape, or form. But my grandfather died when I was five. Wow. Um, and I just, I, but I did kind of enjoy it. Uh, my father 
did his best to try to teach me a little about shooting. But I got serious uh, seventh grade, maybe right about the age of 12 when I joined our rifle team at my school. And that's why I started learning about safety, firearms, uh, etiquette, as it were, on the, yes. on the range. Yes. Um, safety protocols, uh, certainly how to be accurate. And then uh, I've never actually ever left it. And, and after that, I just learned and through various other teachers and, unfortunately, you know, the school of hard knocks. Well, yeah. Uh, one one of the things I, I, I find in your, like, I'm, I use Instagram a lot. And, and when I follow your page, one thing I do enjoy is like, you're, 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 you're very, uh, safety comes first. Safety comes first. Uh, and it's something that like, for me, uh, I, I'm somebody who, who will like eventually uh, uh, become uh, a gun owner and, and, you know, go on a shooting range and, and, you know, partake in these activities. And what really I enjoy is that you're really safe and you're, you're very specific down to the T. And I, that's something I admire because, you know, I follow, you know, doing my research, looking at other pages, you know, they're just focusing on, you know, the pretty thing. The, the pretty thing, how it looks, you know, how it sounds. And, you know, be, before you fall in love with that, you you really need to be responsible on on what you're choosing, you know, the life to live, as one would say. Unfortunately, our society is more in love with the sizzle and the smell than they are with the steak. Yes, uh, yes. I, I don't know where you're from, uh, actually where you're located out of. But New I, Jersey. <laughs> oh, you're in New Jersey. Yes, I'm only in you know Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, I would love to help you in that if when you get to that point. Yes, yes, I I, I would uh love that. Um, well, here in New Jersey, here in New Jersey, it's it's a little more tedious, uh, like, uh, uh, more stricter, strict, uh, strict to to get your gun uh, permit. The laws, just you know, what's happened. I don't even say this. What's happened? couple of years now been happening with with the gun uh scene it, it just made it more difficult to get it and i have a special needs son so it's just you know i i i'm uh i'm often like you know against the wall in a hard place pursuing yeah. something like that just because as my uh of having my son uh being special needs and and whatnot i i don't want to get too deeply political because i'm not a political pundit i really am not right but as you know the name's called black belt Yes. Self-defense is part of my life. Um, I actually started learning uh, and more about handguns. Uh, actually, I learned about I, I've been I've had a permit in the state of Pennsylvania to carry a handgun for 47 years. I learned the martial arts so I didn't have to use a handgun. Mm. You, you, you learn. So I have other tools in my Batman utility belt, as it were. Nice. Yes. But I do believe that we all have the right to defend ourselves, and we should learn how to do it well. You should learn how to do it well. Um, but and I'm I'm always sad when I talk to people from New Jersey about how hard it is for you guys to really be able to to learn. I mean, you have to. It's like how do you learn to drive a car unless you have a car? I mean, it's as simple as it. Yeah. So for you to say, I want to learn about defense and I want to maybe defensive use or sporting uses of a firearm. So you would buy your firearm and responsibly use it at your club, whatever club you would join. There's ranges all over. Get some time out every month, just a box of ammunition a month, and you can go very, very far with some good training. So I'm sorry to put the problem over in your side of the Delaware. You know, I... (laughs) It happens, you know. Um, mostly, uh, I've gone, I've gone numerous times at gun raids. Mostly, the the people I know that own uh, firearms, they're some type of uh, they're either military or a police, or they do security, armed security. So, majority of those individuals I know, those are the ones that have uh, firearms. Uh, I have encountered somebody regular like me that that owns one over here. But it also is that that tedious headache trying to, you know, paperwork, uh, all the obstacles they they'll put in front of you to to try to obtain them. And yet, the difference, the widths of the Delaware River, which is the only thing that, that separates your state from mine, 
uh, you come over to this state, uh, and we are just a populace. Um, you can get your permit. Um, you you can you can own legally own a firearm, and then you know we all urge you then to go get some training, uh, uh, learn, get some good experience, and then it's a very it's a good experience for people. Uh, I've taught several people. I'm not a not a big teacher, but I do share what I have sometimes, and I'm always uh, I'm always gladdened when somebody tells me how much fun this actually was. Just no, it is it is fun. It is it is and it's therapeutic too in, in a way. Um, that that is true. I I, I can agree with you and and whoever uh, uh, told you that. Yeah. So yeah. So. Uh, it, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Black Belt. Do you, do you know any other type of like some type of martial arts? Uh, several. Uh, I, as we noted, you said I'm an author. Just have written a book on American Kempo Karate. Uh, Ooh, just a, nice. a small book. Um, it's in Amazon. Uh, just some thoughts that I had on it. Uh, of course, there's a, many good authors out there. Some of our friends of mine, I'm very proud to call friends that have done some very great works. Uh, but I just saw a little niche of a thought process that I thought I could maybe contribute. And some friends said that had read my outlines. I was just rambling. I was through a, um, a very low part of my life some seven or eight years ago. And to keep myself busy, I immersed myself back into the arts. And then research and writing, um, which helped. And it keeps your mind off. You know, as things aren't going your way, sometimes you got to think of other things mm-hmm. uh and i came up with certain ideas and concepts um to try to defend define what the action is um most people don't we try to describe what it is but we don't do the basic concepts of life like mm-hmm. um one of the stories i have is like what's breakfast what's breakfast well everybody says, oh breakfast is ham and eggs no that's what you're eating for breakfast what is the concept of a breakfast um uh, and most people, when I, I, I like to go back a second, you talked about safety. I appreciate that. I am a safety consultant in my other life. That's what I do. Uh, so safety is part of it. So when I go out and teach in the industrial fields and in the mining uh, community, safety classes, you know, one of my questions is I ask them to define the word safety. And it's always very interesting to hear the answers. But they don't give me the answer of it, it's, it's a concept. What's the concept of safety? And you'll hear coming home, you know, with 10 fingers and 10 toes. <laughs> yeah. Coming home without a limp, uh, not causing an accident at work, um, not having an unreleased store and energy. And you go, no, no, no. That's the result of being safe. What's the concept of safety? Do you have any idea? I, I would say uh, taking, you know, something along the line, taking the proper measures or, for that. There's not a ne- negative outcome of something. And that's that's the theme that I always get. But that's how to be safe, not mm. what is the concept. So the concept of safety for me is what's the, is the absence of risk. Mm. If you can remove all risk, you're completely safe. Of course, you're in a bubble. You're wrapped in a bubble, aren't you? Correct. So that's one of the things we do to get the conversation starting, concepts, talks like this. And I talk about concepts in martial arts in the book, too. What it was the concept? Why is this called American Kempo? Why isn't it called Taekwondo? Why isn't it called Shotokan? Why isn't it called uh, MMA? You know, right. mixed martial arts. Why isn't it called Filipino martial arts, etc.? Right. You know, so we have, uh, and and we should be able to, to whatever we do. Are you a musician, by the way? Me no, I, I no, <laughs> no. You like music, correct? I do. So when, when somebody says, "What well, I have a friend of mine is, is a musician. Well, what do you play? And you want to say, well, what do you play? Um, I can't quite pigeonhole it. Well, well, is it easy listening? Is, is it modern? Is it rap? Is it reggae? Is it, is it you know, what do you do? Is it a, gen, uh, a gender type of music? Yeah. What kind of concept? Because then, then you know what to expect. You know what kind of chord. It, I am not a musician. I'm struggling here, but you know what kind of chord progressions or timings you're going to get, right? right. You know what to expect from performance. You you wouldn't go to a hard rock concert and see James Taylor wander out there, right? Or Gordon mm-hmm. Lightfoot. 
You know, it's a really mellow, you know, easy listening musician. Um, everybody would be confused. Right. So that's what we get to. We talk about concept. Got it. Got it. No, that's a that's a wonderful um, thing to try to talk about because you you go more in depth and understanding, which is you know sometimes what society needs to do a little bit more is think. You really need oh. to think, you know, to get to those concepts. Um, is it is it when it comes to martial arts? Is it something like along the philosophy that made you fall in love with it? I suppose so. Uh, as a very, very young man, and this is well over 50 years ago, uh, there was a show on television starring David Carradine called Kung Fu. Kung Fu. And I, as, as so many people did, during those four or five years it was on, we all fell in love with the character of Kwai Chang King and his masters as he was teaching them. And it was it was based on some a lot of philosophy. There was a lot of Budo and a lot of uh, Zen philosophy in that show. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. And I was always looking for that master Poe that, and, and not unlike the master Poe or master in, um, uh, was a Kung Fu Panda, you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of a little bit sharp, but, but loving, uh, that has your best interest at hearts, no matter how much it hurts you at the moment. Uh, and again, you can look at the karate kid movies, unfortunately, and this might get you some negative comments, but unfortunately there are more Cobra Kai than there are, you know, uh, yes, yes, you know, no, yes, correct. The yes. And I've, I've, it always bothered me as I went around, as I was getting through my late teens and early twenties, I would stop into somebody's dojo, dojang, hoon, whatever you want to call it, training hall. And I would start talking to try to say, Oh, what are lessons like here? I've never been interested in martial arts. And you would get somebody that would be like, I don't know, like like almost seething or or just. Mm. And it took me some time and I was about 35 when I finally found him, a kindly old guy with the white hair, white flavor and, and just, I mean, tough, ex-Navy, uh, hardworking man in his real life, but loved the arts and loved his students. And all he wanted with you to do was to get better. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what directed me. And that's what got me started. See, I, I'm a, I'm a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? And when I, like, when, when, when I talk to people, like, especially the, the jiu-jitsu ones who starting, you know, they, they talk about all these cool moves and, and all this, what you're doing. And when it came to me, like, they always ask you, why did you start this? And I, and I always respond, well, my mental health, my mental health. And, and, you know, when, like when you're partaking practice called the role and and it's like, it's the chaos within the role that gave me peace that I mm -hmm. felt safe and comfort. And after that role that you're at a point of exhaustion, it's what became addictive to me. And we're like, I'm a point of exhaustion I could go either way. I could get tapped out or tap somebody out, you know, but it's a struggle of life and where either way it's acceptance. And when I got to that point and in the point of exhaustion where my mind is just empty, empty and clarity, it made me feel peaceful. And that's what I, I love the most about doing it. And it's uh, that external philosophy and, you know, one one of one of the major things, and I'll say is, you know, probably this thing is with that. When I went in today, I was looking for a better health. You know, uh, a mind that's healthy, but also brotherhood. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody that that shared my same sympathy. You know, and and I think that's one of the things that's what's like. You know, besides me, you know, tearing my ACL which any surgery, right? That could do it. But also like what broke my heart was like, I didn't find that, you know, and it's maybe because I, I grew up, uh, although I'm American, I grew up in, in, in uh, Puerto Rico and some sort of uh, immigrant mentality was installed in me without knowing and hard work and dedication and all this stuff that I could not 
I could not like connect with anybody in that aspect. It, it's funny you bring that up. We we talk. I have classes. Um, we meet. I host. I do some input. But one of the themes that we seem to come up with is why, why I've been doing this 30, 35, 40 years. We've been studying art. And we've sweat together. We've been on the mats together. Um, now ours is more striking than grappling. Uh, that being said, I've had people try to tackle me on the mat. It's always been interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, I've so, but my point is, when we're all said and done with, and we realize, let, let's say that we're in, we somebody comes to you for self defense class, and I've mm. taught self many self defense classes. So you work thirty five, forty years, and it's the same with the handgun. It's the same with any defensive art. Uh, if you use it, and your chances are roughly, if you look at the national average. According to FBI statistics, you have about three quarters of a percent of a chance that you're going to be involved in a violent crime. That's what it works out to. There's approximately uh, 750 to 800,000 violent crimes, which is a lot in the United States, but there's 330 some million of us, right? So the odds are pretty slim, little small. So, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. And and when that when the elephant comes up and you you've had the enter the most important arena of your life, you still have to be able to go home. So that's, that's a blessing. But then why are we sticking at it? There should be other reasons. So those things that you were talking about, what we get out of it is personal growth, Uh, the personal growth from practicing or expanding your mind. Um, You get it from the union of that we get from our yoga. We do a lot of um, yoga like moves, Burmese yoga in our training. Uh, to calm your mind and become in tune with yourself. Uh, camaraderie. Like you said, well, after practice and we're all out um, having an adult beverage or two after we're all done and um, just getting around and getting to know our families and our, our, our goals in life and learning to know each other as people. That's, that's what I believe the arts are about. It's it, to, to enrich yeah. your life. And it's if you're community, not in a sense, yeah, we're not being enriched if you're not if you don't see the people becoming better people, not just a better fighter, but a better people. Because that's what we need. We're not we're not in war right now. We we need a a better society, honorable, right? It's like you were saying, we talked about a little earlier. I don't think there's enough honor anymore. Ah, thank you. Finally, somebody, somebody and, other than me that's <laughs> agrees. Yeah, and it's not that like you know, you know, but it's it's not this warrior mentality. I'm not going about Bushido, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I'm just talking about knowing what's right and wrong, creating your moral code, and living with it. That's what it is. We have a moral code, and I don't not religiosity. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you choose, and then are you true to your own code? And then how does that help us? All of us as a society mm-hmm. elevate ourselves. Yeah, I, th- I I I tell, and when I have I have these discussions, and and it's not a handful of people I talk to, right? Because it's 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 always like I'm looked at always like, oh, you're just old school. But it's more like it's just common sense. We well, one thing the society is lacking is is respect, respect for ourselves and respect for one another. I tell like. You're not supposed to live limitless, but you're supposed to live live within your limits. You know, you want the way you live and choose. That's on you. You know, way to choose to live your life. That's on the the individual. But this is an imaginary box that we all live in. And there's a line that no one should cross. And everybody should be, you know, respectful. It's not based on religion or society. It's just common sense. And I think, you know that we lack we have lacked that so much but also going back to what you said and where like honor there's a lot of individual now and in, in, in the in the especially in the this younger culture that's rising it's everything's loyalty and you know it's like and i question how can you have loyalty when you don't know what honor is yeah and 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 and, it, and, it, and it's so um it's so important I, I just saw an article, actually, funny you bring this up, sitting upstairs waiting for us to get going as the evening of the day has quieted down here. 
And somebody had an article on why you should respect and honor your sensei. And guys, it could be any mentor, really. This is what, and when we talk about martial arts, any of the people listening, you all have a mentor. We all have somebody that helped you get you from here to here at, at something, work, music, whatever. And that's what sensei is. And I'm, I'm glad that I've had a chance to do that with some people. Um, and he, he was re- I'm reading this article about why you must honor and respect your sensei. And, and the first thing that jumped out at me was, okay, I appreciate your point of view, but we shouldn't have this. Sensei should be worthy of honor. Mm-hmm. I have to earn and respect everybody's respect every day. Mm-hmm. I have to live by my code. Um, I, I'm not a perfect person. Um, but we need to see that we're all work in process and how am I helping us all get better? How am I contributing? So that's, that, that's what I would take out of it. You don't owe me anything. I have mm-hmm. to deserve respect every day. And a lot of people, unfortunately, talking heads as we are right now, believe they deserve respect uh, for doing nothing. We, we must contribute it. To, you're creating a meaningful dialogue here. You are not espousing some, I don't know, something uh, that breaks us all apart. Mm-hmm. We, we've been broken apart in the last three to five years so badly from all the events that have gone on that I could see. And it doesn't matter if you're on the blue team or the red team, the boys team, the girl team, or any of the ones in the middle, um, a gun owner, any gun owner, um, whatever, PETA, PETA or Ted was Ted Nugent, right? You can't, you, there, we have all these different groups. Um, and we, we need to become an American, realize we have a, we have a common point. It's we're American, every one of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why aren't, why aren't we starting to accentuate the unity? You and I could talk, you have a different culture than I was raised at, but I'll bet you we could go and in three minutes have a whole bunch of things that we like to do in common. Why don't we focus on those and worry about our intersection points? Don't worry about and, and just agree to disagree, saying, look, you have your point. Dale, I have my point. I respect your point of view. It's educated. And I hope you can say the same about mine. Let's go have a beer <laughs> or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. So but we simple. don't. Yeah. So we don't. So, so something so simple. And just by talking, I think it's more along the lines, just trying to understand one another. When you want to have a conversation, that's it's like nobody's right. It's just understanding where each individual is coming from. There, there's more likely going to be a better outcome. A wise person, I read this in a book, and you just made me remember it. Just when you're having a dialogue and you feel that you need to disagree with that person, stop accept their point of view, live in that person's shoes for just a couple of days, mm. and then make your decision. Yes, You might end up going, it might not be for me, but I really understand where you're coming from. And we don't do that. We, we attack people so much now, even in martial arts communities. Oh, my word, you train with that sensei? Mm-hmm. You know, drama, you listen, drama. Whatever, yes. Instead of going, oh, wow, um, you do that? This is great let's talk so it's unfortunate yeah I, I agree with that i mean we can all learn from one another we can all learn from one another and they and and has these issues that have been going on for i want to say years now with you know the the shooting the, the school shooting what happened in and um and new york and and was it new york Buffalo, New York, and all this continues to happen. Has has that affect your business in any way or form? I don't think that has affected it other than um, I, I think the economy at the moment really is what I'm dealing with. Um, you know, there, we are we, we are going through it. You know, we, it, it's just a big bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are worrying about what gas is going to cost next month or, or whatever, uh, bread, mm-hmm. toilet paper. Um, no, I, I remember back many, many years ago, I was um, up in northern Pennsylvania area 
but we were very close to Binghamton. All the news came out of Broome County, Binghamton. And I remember speaking with my then father-in-law, uh, my first marriage, and he was just telling me about how he couldn't stand living down here in southeastern Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so acidified, and, you know, it was unsafe, you know, all those things you hear. And he liked being in the country. And he clicked the news on that. And God is my witness. And this is 40 years ago. The top story of the news is how a 10th grader walked into school with a rifle under his coat and shot his English teacher. Wow. So, unfortunately, this this has probably been going on for a long time. Uh, we have more media to cover it. I believe, believe me, I don't have an answer. When I was a kid, my rifle was in my locker because I shot with my rifle many times. I never had the idea or thought to shoot somebody, you know? Um, I don't know what's become of that. I, I don't know why it's becoming so, at least so prevalent. It, depending on who you listen to, it might, when, according to the FBI, there was 61, 61 mass shootings. However, they described that was the FBI statistic with 200 and let's say 250 casualties, you know, half of them fatalities and all. And, and it does make the news because it's horrific. Uh, the one down in Florida where they, the guy walked in and shot, what was it? 40, 45 mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm it's horrific um then again the other side of it is we remember the baptist church in texas the guy walked in he fired one or two shots and didn't fire anymore uh i don't have an answer i think it's up to every person's ability some people don't like to fight you've been in the ring right Mm -hmm. you know there's people that can't walk into the ring or would just uh, the oscillate? The what did I say? The defecation was it? The yeah. oscillation? Yeah. They would just. I I have seen people fall to the mat and curl up into a ball under the stress of the. the and you know, people, if you don't know this, when you walk in a ring with somebody, if somebody's good, you can feel the waves of energy coming back and forth from the person. Mm-hmm. You are generating it. You are trying to absorb them. It's a total concentration. And you have to be strong enough to withstand this. It's it's not intimidation. It's it's hunter. It's two hunters, mm-hmm. two tigers in the ring, and they're sizing each other up, and it's using every sense they have. So, um, it, it it's not for everybody. Not everybody can climb in that ring. Not everybody can stand their grounds. And God bless them. You don't have to. But someone's got to. Someone has to, and it can't always be a policeman because we can't, God bless the thin blue line. I bet mm-hmm. you the vast majority of them, I don't know enough, but I know I've met three or four and they've all been great guys. I haven't met, I don't think I've met any female police, um, but great people. They believe in what they're doing. I think they're underpaid by a personal opinion. Yeah, I agree as but well. We, we, we don't have enough of them and we can't afford to put one on every street corner. So somebody's got to stand up to crime. Sometimes just standing up to the bully. You mm-hmm. might not have to fight, but you have to do, we have to do something to say we've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in, in Philly and Philadelphia and where <laughs> that's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be the, uh, the your brother of- love. Yes, yes. And, you know, I have a good friend uh, that, you know, goes through it, goes through it. Him just trying to raise his kids, be a good Samaritan, you know, and it's difficult. It's challenging. It's, you know, I tell him all the time, listen, build a chance so you can get out and, and yeah. go to a better, you know, because the economy is not easy. Each individual situation is not easy, you know, yeah. but when you want to survive, when you want, you got to do something. You got to do something, even if it's temporary. You know, it's not easy. You know, I, I recorded, I want to say a year ago or a year and a half ago, uh, an episode uh, called Gun Control. And where myself and I think three other individuals, we, we discussed what is gun control, you know, how would it work. And at the end of the episode, we agreed it's like, especially the media want to want to blame the problems are the guns, and the problem is not the guns. 
the problem is the person holding the gun. It's the same as with a car yep. or a case of my little tummy holding yep. a spoon. Yep. I can't blame the spoon for making me fat. Yeah. But, it's, you yeah. know, a, a gun, a gun like a car, like a spoon, if you leave it there, it doesn't move. And it's, it needs some, something with willpower, with, with, you know, something alive to, to move it. And and that's what we goes back to. It's funny that you bring and you circle right back to honor. Mm-hmm. So that's what shows. Unfortunately, there are a small element of our society. It's it's not a color. It's not a gender thing. It's there are. If you look at the FB spy stats, everybody's involved. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that do something dishonorable. Yeah. That feel that. Your time, your life, your money, in case of women, your body is not yours, and they don't have to work to get it, and they're circumventing all that. It's it's a very few number of people, uh, unfortunately, that cause that much damage, and I, I, I think they've always been with us. Mm-hmm. It's just we're, I don't know, are we more tolerant now? Are we more, I don't we're, know why. We're definitely more sensitive. More sensitive. I mean, I've I I've come from a time and where because I'm I'm half uh, Dominican right I'm half Puerto Rican half Dominican. Growing up, I was told I was a monkey and and I needed to go back where I came from. Um, All right. All right. Uh, growing up, uh, a lot of Dominicans would like immigrate uh, to Puerto Rico to get a better life because in the Dominican Republic wasn't go going so well. I was told I need to get back with my people and go back where I came from. And this is me, you know, uh, not, you know, a darker complexion of an individual. And, you know, it, it bothered me, you know, call me spick, you know, uh, wet bag. I still don't know what that means, but okay. And, you know, you got to be tolerant and move forward. And, and now everything's very sensitive, but also thinking, you know, just doing this media thing, right? And where, you know... I feel like they just say things nowadays to to rile people up. You may not be wrong there. You know? And it's us to try to have some self-control and say, this is our life, this is not my story, and we got to keep going from here. Yeah, there's so many other things we have to worry about than somebody's um, tone of of skin color, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all have something to contribute. I, that's why I say I think that's one thing about the martial arts. Because when we get in the ring, all sweat's clear, all blood's red. It's mm-hmm. there's, there's all that matters. Yes. You know, that's all that matters. Every bone breaks, every muscle tears. Uh, th- this coating on top is just is nothing. It it's really matter. nothing. Uh, and that's why I do think that I do think that most of the people I've trained with, there is more of a brotherhood. You know, we all, you know, it's. I can remember one time we'd had a, I, I used to run the Friday night fights at a school um, outside of Philadelphia. We always thought that we should have our sparring workout nights on a Friday night. Mm. And that's because it gave you two days to recover before you went to work on Monday morning. There's nothing worth going into Monday morning. And right, sore. Black, yeah. Oh, and everything happened to you. Oh, uh, well. So, and what I always tried, we always tried to do, we try to make it a good, say two and a half hour class again we start with some yoga we do conditioning training we took a lot of kick with boxing workouts and then we spar and we would fight for you do maybe 14 or 15 rounds um about for 35 to 45 minutes just fighting there's no rest you just keep fighting um i remember once we got done and we would all go down and significant others might have been watching the whole thing because it was it was thrilling so I can remember we went to a small establishment, uh, a Takara, a, a Mexican place, mm-hmm. and uh, Mexican food. Really great food. They made everything from scratch. It was awesome. Uh, we would go down, and they had 20. They knew we were coming every Friday night. And, like, I'd pick up the phone or someone called. We got 30 coming down, click, and they would have a table, wow. huge table. And we walked in, and one night one of my friends had his girlfriend, and the girlfriend's mother was there. And I'm sitting right next to the mother, and she's right at the head of the table. And we're looking down, and, and I'm sure, Dio, you said things like this. And you're talking, and one guy's talking, man, that was a great right hook. How'd you do that? You set that sidekick up. Oh, look. Yeah. Like, 
Oh yeah, I got I got the good bruise. That yeah, was good... yeah, yes, yes. And this lady's sitting there. I wish I had a cup of mine. She's sitting there with her in shock. On you guys are all freaking nuts. You know she couldn't. I said, but that's we're all band of brothers. It's you know, it, it's it's we we're not mad that you scored on me. Can't be mad. We're here to elevate ourselves. So I have to get better. So you're not going to pull that move off again on me, right? Yes. We elevate ourselves. Take steel to make steel, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's also like it's a level of respect. Like when I when I when I used to roll. Like I didn't care winning or losing. I like you're gonna get like even with the other higher belts. I didn't. I didn't want to give in. You know, they see a white belt, they're gonna try to take advantage of you, and I didn't want to give in. Like they, I wanted them to respect me. And, and that's this what, is where. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I just wanted them to respect me. That's all I wanted, and I, vice I versa. Always, when somebody gets on the mat, you always have my respect, only because you're on the mat. They're not on the mat. You're mm-hmm. on the mat. You're on the mat. Don't worry about them. Right. And I've always liked having a white belt. And I have always, you know, my other fellow teachers and myself, it's like, we're here to help them. You're not here to make yourself feel good. How good you make them is a respect, is how you get patted on the back. And sitting there and working with white belts and watching them grow. And, and I've always enjoyed that. Right. And sometimes I'll be watching them out of the corner of my eye when I'm fighting somebody else. So George would come over. Okay, George, we're working a couple bit. I'm just feeding him a kick, kick, punch, kick, punch, move. Okay. Hey, listen. Look, you had a little trouble with that guy over there. That guy got you a couple times. Try this. And I might just start talking to him. You throw your move. Okay, wait a minute. You see this? Watch. Look, for me to do this kick, you can see this twitch coming up my body because my body moves. Oh, all of a sudden, bang, they see something that they'd never seen before. And all of a sudden, by the time they're done, they picked up one little move. And that always made me feel good that we've elevated them. Yes, yes. That's that's like the most uh, enjoyable moment of of that whole you know, deal that's going on. Be able to see that. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> I miss that. I miss that part. I miss that part. Who knows? You might be joining us. Yeah, one day. I I I, I like um, it's it's I like the philosophy because it gives you some way of form. Like I had uh, your friend Michael had his son. His son uh, talking about Aikido had an emotional, you know, revelation. What it meant to that him that him learning and 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 all that. And I just it's it's beautiful. There's beauty. It's like you know storm comes messing everything up and after the storm you you see the light the sun it's like it's beautiful like what happened mm-hmm. you know so there's beauty you know beauty after after chaos and that's uh that's what what i find so intriguing and you know every chance i get to find an individual like yourself and like them and try to tell that story try to talk about those moments so that people can empathize and understand more. Like it really doesn't matter, you know, what type of martial art you're doing. It's the mm-hmm. art. There's an art to this. There's a beauty within in it that it, it will take your breath away. Um, you so you talk about Anthony, uh, uh, Michael, Antonio, is, Antonio, my bad, Antonio, <laughs> Antonio. His father, Michael, is the the senior instructor there and owner of the dojo they work at. And he and I have done seminars, and our theme is, and, and Antonio will sit over there going, oh, everything starts the same. Yep. They're either going to throw a punch or they're not. They're going to kick you. They're going to tackle you. Everything starts the same. Oh, and then right about here, well, we do it this way, and you do it that way. That's all. That's, and and we actually have run seminars where we're, I'll do a move, and tomorrow everybody is going to come in and try my move. Okay. And then Michael Sensei will walk up. Okay, Irv just did. Sensei Irv just got up and did this. I'm going to show you completely different. It looks different when you do it with another person. But your hands and everything are doing the same. Your body moves the same way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's completely different. But it's taught from an Aikido point of view. Uh, to put it simply, there's only so many C chords. Mm-hmm. There is one. Um, it's the same C chord that's used in jazz, rock. 
easy listening, country western, fill in the blank, it's the same C chord, but the music sounds different. We all love the music, right? Yeah. That's what you just said. We shouldn't be arguing about it. It's just your flavor. And if your flavor is your flavor, I, I'm not going to uh, I'm, I'm not going to denigrate your art because your art's doing you some good. And the chance of actually using it, unless we are all SEAL team members, right? SEAL members, mm. um, the chances of using it are pretty slim. Uh, and even if we can, if you have some kind of training, you're probably better with than somebody that has no training. So it's a win-win. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's like these bogus competition who has the better martial arts. At the end of the day, it's up to the individual. It's, it's my, up to the individual, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Bifu said, he said, it's not the art and the man, it's the man and the art. Mm. He's an nice. old guy, so don't write in letters. But it's the person. If if you have a heart, if you if you um if you execute and stay in your art, you will do better than somebody that is sloppy, um, somebody that's angry, and let your anger get away from them because you lose control. If you can stay in control, that's what your art teaches you. Yeah. And you'd be a hundred and twenty pound, you know. Young lady, you know, little right out, you know, little young lady, and they can be extremely effective against a big husky guy. And I've seen, I've had them train. They use their size as an advantage, even though the guy has might have six more inches of reach on him. All of a sudden, they've learned a technique or a concept that allows them to turn their height and their reach into a disadvantage. That's what we do. I'm into that. Yes, I agree. Um, before we go, um. Hunting, do, how uh, do you do you teach? Like, I would like to go hunting. Like, I, I would like to hunt. Okay. Uh, well, we'd have to do all the other skills first, right? It's it, like it. it's it's like going for me. I would say if you want to learn how to hunt, it's the same as martial arts. You start learning your basics, your safety principles. You learn how to certain techniques, how to fire the firearm safely, hitting your target, various, and then. Uh, some practice rounds because when you would actually hunt that's kind of like going in a real match like, mm -hmm. like a real match yeah right so you kind of have to work i think we should work up to it uh and, and that we don't do that as much when i was a kid you learn that from your fathers and your grandfathers at the range when they take you shooting in summer you know and we get a little practice here and there mm -hmm. until we finally get you ready okay you're ready to come along with us we don't we don't do that now but the courses are available, and we should learn how to do that. And, yes, I do that. Uh, one of my jokes is is I always tell people, if you go with me hog hunting and you do it successfully the way we do it, you will get your automatic third-degree black belt. Wow. Um, so you guys, uh, it's by season over there in PA, right? Like, I, like uh, do you, like, other than hogs, are there any other things you guys hunt? I have been, I've just been so busy the last about 10 years. I haven't had a chance to. It has always been my goal to get myself to a position so I can do some hunting. Uh, I used to hunt deer. Uh, I've been out west for elk. Um, I got antelope. I've got mule deer and deer in Pennsylvania. But I'll be honest, I, I really enjoy hog hunting because I prefer pork more than venison. I like venison. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with pork. I mean, yeah. it's pork. You know, yeah, smoke, yeah, you know, barbecue it. Yeah, you know. ribs. Yeah, yeah, rib. You're in. We, we can make pork. It's it's not as fatty. I like wild boar because it's very um, low in calories, very high in protein. Uh, you don't have the fat concentrations. Uh, it can be a little tougher, but that's when you make chili, or we make you know a barbecue and you let it simmer all day. So I've I've done that. I enjoy that. I'm actually thinking about where we're going to be next year so i can get out on him now before we go last question um what's your favorite uh rifle or a gun to shoot uh oh my so many I, it would be a handgun um probably a, a 44 or 45 revolver i just nice. like a bigger four revolvers nice. um, is it it's a, the, the feel or like what what made you fall in love with it it's good to handle the versatility Mm, got it 
in in the art in arts i like versatile learning versatile bits of information mm. if you learn this little thing that is only laser beam razor blade thin in application it works really well but it's just a very teeny sliver i've always liked learning things that cover huge swaths of abilities and the the 44s and 45s not even the heavy magnums just a moderate they have always worked so well for me because it was the first gun i ever shot a hog with um 48 years ago wow. and it worked well that i've always uh, they're comfortable they're not big they're not heavy they are carryable and yet potent enough to do whatever it is i need to do and accurate and yet pretty much anybody with just a, a little help can can fire one well a, a friend of mine um, just just started taking up the 45 automatic and he has taken that the proverbial duck to water and he was not a a big shooter before and now it's his gun there you have it guys um before we go please tell uh listeners and followers where they can find you uh thank you i appreciate that uh, you can find us at www.blackbelt you know like black belt black belt ammunition all one word my wife named us um, we're on nice. Facebook at Black Belt Ammunition and Instagram at Black Belt Ammunition. Uh, and you can get a hold of me if you have questions either through that too. Um, my email is on there. When you go to contact at our website, it comes to me. Uh, do you have a storefront they can go and visit where it's in PA? There's a no, I do not have a brick and mortar. The storefront okay. is at www.blackbeltmyammunition. You can go see our products. Uh, you go to our YouTube channel, Black Belt Ammunition. You can actually see high-speed photography, which we have more coming out. We probably have 10 or 11 films of the FBI clear ballistic gelatin mm. blocks. You can actually see the bullet coming in at 7,000 frames per second, hitting it and the explosion that happens. And then we have videos of us. We're, we're trying to get all this on as time goes on. So if you do check us out, check us out from time to time. More stuff keeps coming of us doing autopsies on these blocks. And I have my marketing young lady sitting there. And she's a gun girl, too. And she's just digging these chunks of lead out, looking at the, nice, the hollow. Awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. And uh, we have some blogs on there, some information. Um, I've been writing some stuff about some thoughts about handgun hunting and and handguns and effectiveness and your book where they can find your book at you can find my book at amazon and really just go and look up irvin gill tempo karate you see a picture of a nice big book i would love to be a famous author (laughs) there you go guys uh Make sure you go you go support him, go follow him, go check out his content, go subscribe. Uh, that will help the business immensely, the YouTube channel. Um, thank you for joining me. Uh, make sure you go to Deal Talk TV on YouTube. Subscribe also to our uh, YouTube channel. Go follow me at Instagram, Mr. Obtain. Uh Go find me in threads as well. Have a good night, guys. I'm out.